0: Please get your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6, everyone in your Bibles, in the Word, if you don't have a Bible, you got it on your phone or tablet, do that, get it up, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, I want you to have that up, and uh, I want you to go through the scriptures with me as we take you through the Word, a journey through the Word this morning, and how many know that God honors the Word? hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, look at here. This is a supernatural book. It is supernatural. Get into it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first. Everybody yell out first. First. What does first mean? Doesn't mean second. Doesn't mean third. It means first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You see, there's a kingdom that we've got to be seeking after. We've got to be connecting to. Help me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Means right standing, right doing. And all these things shall be added unto you. That word seek in the greek means to hunt eagerly wow when i saw that when i was studying to hunt eagerly there's some things that you can get excited over and you're supposed to have that same intensity if not more for the kingdom of god wow that's a whole lot different than just coming, sit, soak, and sour. Oh, amen. You can at least squeal if I stepped on your foot. Amen. I had a man in business that was mentoring me when I came out of college. And he said, you know, when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs... The one that gets hit is going to squeal. Well, if I step on your foot or your toes a little bit this morning, you can squeal a little bit. And i just know we're barking up the right alley. Amen? Amen. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. The world's culture tells you to seek the things. Be more about the things. More about life and and. Your, your need, but you don't even need to be worried about the, those things because if you're seeking first the kingdom of God, that means you've got God on your side. And he says, the word says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Kingdom culture tells us to seek first the kingdom. You may be seated. We are in the world's culture, but we're not of the world's culture. Hallelujah. John 17 16 says that. We're citizens of another culture. Everybody say kingdom culture. culture. The world's culture is upside down. When we first introduced this series, and I was looking at the graphic, I thought, that crown's upside down. And then it hit me. That represents the world because the world culture is what's upside down we're right side up amen hallelujah the thinking of the world is upside down but we're right side up because we're grounded in the word we're seeking first the kingdom of god the world's culture is crazy right is wrong and wrong is right it produces a lot of messed up lives messed up people There is a religious culture, and I'm telling you, you've got to be careful in these last days. The Bible talks about how many people are going to be deceived in the last days. Believers, people that were well-meaning, but they get deceived. And it's because we're not staying tapped into the kingdom culture. We allow the world's culture to come in and infiltrate our minds and infiltrate our lives. But there's a religious culture that you need to protect yourself from. People that have just a little bit of something good, but it's not affecting their lives. They're willing to go out and tell people off and live like the world and and then think that everything is a-okay. It ain't a-okay. The kingdom culture is about righteousness. I'm going to preach. The kingdom is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Seeking righteousness first. Learning to live righteously. We can't live like the world and, and act like the world. Amen. There's a counter culture that's trying to counter everything that is right. There's a cancel culture. I don't know if you've done much reading about the cancel culture, but like in Canada right now, the cancel culture has aggressively picked on Christianity as a whole, and they're trying to cancel out Christianity in Canada. It ain't going to happen. It isn't going to happen. Hallelujah. My God's still in control. Amen. And so there's a culture of even darkness. How many have heard of the dark web? I'm telling you. You've got to protect yourself in these last days and the way you protect yourself is you stay on track that I'm a part of not the mixed up culture, I'm a part of the kingdom culture and I'm going to seek after his righteousness. I'm going to seek the kingdom of God first and foremost. It doesn't matter what the world's saying. It doesn't matter what, what Somebody over here close to you saying, you better know that it lines up with the Word of God. I'm telling you, it matters what this says. We need the Word of God in our life. Amen. We're a part of a spiritual kingdom. The Bible says we are children of the light, children of the kingdom. One day all according to Revelation 11:15. All the earthly kingdoms are going to give way and become the kingdoms of our Christ. What we are waiting for right now is the soon return of Jesus. We believe that the rapture of the church could take place at any point in time. And if you don't know Jesus, if you're not pursuing righteousness, if you're just religious in your spirit, I'm telling you, you, Jesus could come this week, you'll be here by yourself next week. Oh, there may be a few others. I'm sure churches, I am sure that after the rapture of the church, the church is going to fill up. I am sure of that. Because nobody wants to be left. But you better be right or you get left. I'm going to say that one more time. In sweet love, you better be right, righteous, or you're going to get left. You can't live like the world. You can't do what the world's doing. There's a kingdom culture that drives us. And we're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We're a part of Christ's kingdom and his culture. And 1 Corinthians 15 says, he shall reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. All enemies. Hallelujah. Rapture of the church is going to take place and then there's going to be seven years of tribulation. And if you think times are hard right now, you don't want to be in the tribulation. This is a Sunday school picnic. If you don't know this, you haven't read your Bible. This is a Sunday school picnic to what's going to happen during the seven years of tribulation. But then at the end of the seven years of tribulation, Jesus is coming back to set up an earthly kingdom. Right now, his is a spiritual kingdom. But he's coming back to set up an earthly kingdom for a thousand years. And he's going to rule and reign and out with the old and in with the new. The kingdom of God on earth manifesting. Hallelujah, Jesus. He shall reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. Hallelujah. But because we're a part of the kingdom... Every kingdom, every government has laws. If you don't have laws, you're not a government. You're not a kingdom. I mean, there there are guidelines. And and it only stands to reason that in Christ's kingdom, there are rules, regulations, principles, laws. And it is up to the person. Because you're not going to say, number one, you're not going to say, Pastor Gary didn't tell me about this because I'm telling you about it right now. But when you stand before Jesus, well, Lord, I didn't know you had all these regulations and all these principles. It's right there. It's in red in my Bible. Amen. That's why I've got the King James Version. I've got an older version. But it's the words that were spoken by Jesus are in red. And every time I see something in red, I get to attention. Because I know if Jesus said it, I believe it. And you know what else? If Jesus said it and you don't believe it, it don't matter. It's still true. Hallelujah. And what Jesus said, we got to obey, we got to do. If you, if you are a follower of Christ, you can't do this thing like you want to do it. We got rules and regulations. We have a kingdom culture. And I want you to b- jump over to... Matthew chapter 5 with me, everyone. Put the video on behind me. Now, seeing the multitudes, Jesus goes up into the mountain at the north end of the Sea of Galilee, and he sits down. And here's the Sea of Galilee. And one year from right now, we're planning on taking a large group back to Israel, and I want you to go with us. I want you to, we're going to take you up on the northern end of the Sea of Galilee where Jesus taught these beatitudes and these laws of the kingdom. We, we preach kingdom culture. Well, what is the culture? Jesus taught us what it is. And that's what i want to take you through this morning. But he took his disciples up there. He sat down, and he began to teach. Thousands of people crowded up on that mountainside. And we'll I put you right on the spot. Not, it may not be right there Jesus stood, but it'll be on, a, on a, the side of this hill. That They say, yeah, this was the hill. Because this is the perfect setting. Everything lines up. And uh, look at, at, he opened his mouth, verse 2, chapter 5. And he taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. That means those that have a broken spirit. You've humbled yourself. Now, blessed actually, I want to stop right there. It means happy. You're blessed if you obey these. You're happy. You should be happy. I'm tired of seeing a bunch of Christians that are, look like they're sucking on lemons all the time. Hey, listen, if you're blessed, you ought to be happy about the blessings of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That just reminded me, somebody promised me a lemon pie, and I still haven't got that pie yet. But I'm not going to turn sour when I eat it. Hallelujah. What we've got to understand is blessed, blessed means happy, and we're blessed, we're happy. Are the poor in spirit, the poor in spirit's talking about our, our attitude and our, our seeing of ourselves and, and uh, the broken having a broken spirit, not a haughty spirit. Listen, we don't need any haughty spirits in the local church. Everything revolves around me. Uh, I mean, I'm the kingpin around here. No, Jesus is the head. It's his church. Hallelujah. 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 And he knows how to whip people into line that have a haughty spirit. How I many you have ever been to Jesus' woodshed? Man. Woo! He knows how to get us in line real quick. You get a bad attitude. You get a bad spirit, a haughty spirit. He knows how to deal with that. But we're to have a poor in spirit. And that means an humble spirit, a spirit that is not haughty, but a spirit that uh, treats people right and loves people. And then blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. That's talking about people who... when it uses that word mourn in the Greek, it's talking about repentant people. Every one of us had to come to Jesus by repentance. I'm telling you. And every one of us come the same way. We repent of our sins and he forgives our sins. And you should never lose the joy. I'm telling you, I'm trying to get people ready for eternity. Amen. Amen. And when you allow haughty spirits and bad spirits into your life and and griping spirits and gnawing spirits, I'm telling you, that's what you reap. We want to keep a sweet spirit before the Lord. Everybody say sweet. Sweet. Blessed are the meek, the humble, the mild-tempered. Well, I just have an Irish nature. I have an Irish background. You better get it under the blood. There is no excuse for you acting up and being ugly. Amen. I I was sitting at a soccer game. I really don't need to get off here, but I was sitting at a soccer game a couple, two weeks ago on a Saturday morning, and a dad of a child on the opposite team was sitting beside me. He got ugly. And uh, one of our ladies who is the godmother to those grandbabies, said, sir, she leaned over my shoulder. (laughs) I I was about to talk to him, but she talked to him and said, so you don't need to be acting like that. These are just children out here. Amen. Five and six-year-olds, and you're yelling and screaming and acting the fool? I I was proud of her for saying that. Amen. But I talked to him after she finished. (laughs) She greased him down a little bit. Loosened him up a little bit and then I talked to him. Amen. Listen, we got you go out to the soccer fields or whatever, wherever you go in life, people don't need to look at you and wonder, is that person really a Christian acting like that? No, they need to see the sweetness of Jesus dripping off of you. Amen. They need to see the love of Christ. Hallelujah. The next one says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Well, I just have the gift of stirring it up. I like to stir it up. Stir things up. Well, you're going to reap what you sow. Amen. If you're a peacemaker, you're going to reap that in life. But if you're a a person given to stirring things up and creating animosity and creating an an underflow or underground uh, current of of just aggravation, I'm telling you, you're going to reap the wrong things. I've been, been, next month, my wife and I will celebrate 45 years of full-time ministry here at Evangel. That's a long time in one church. 45 years. 45 years. I've seen a lot of life over 45 years. And I can testify, you want to have a sweet spirit. You want to live by these beatitudes. What Jesus was giving was kingdom culture. What our attitude ought to be like. There is no justification for anything other than if you profess the name of Jesus, you've got to have the attitude of Jesus in your life. Hallelujah. I'm going to hurry right on through. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. This is verse 10. Blessed are you when men will revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. How many have ever been persecuted for your faith? You need to just jump up on your feet and say, thank you, Jesus, that I was able to suffer any kind of accusations, any kind of uh, talk uh, from people, because the world doesn't understand. We're in a kingdom mindset. We're in a kingdom culture. Amen. And God, Jesus says, you're going to be happy and you're going to be blessed if you receive any kind of persecution for my sake. But look at verse 13. You're the salt of the earth. Hallelujah. If salt does not maintain its savor, it's no good, but it will be thrown out, trodden underfoot by men. My wife made some of the most amazing grits this week. But to make them amazing, number one, you don't use that one minute little package. You gotta cook grits. You gotta cook grits. And then you gotta add in some butter, some salt, and if you're a good southern cook from Georgia, you'll put a little cheese in there. Woo! Woo! And then you get a little fried cornbread with that. Mmm. I know what I'm wanting for lunch. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the salt is so important. And we are to be the salt of the earth. And if, if we're not providing a savoring influence in our world, there's something wrong. Either we're not a part of the kingdom or we're not obeying the directives of the kingdom. If we obey obey the directives of the kingdom, the laws and the principles, we got to be salt. i got to go out into my world tomorrow and look for an opportunity to be salty wiggins. And that doesn't mean that in a bad way. That just means providing a savoring influence in society. But then he says, you're the light of the world. We're not children of the darkness. We're children of the light. Amen? Jump with me down to verse 17. Now, chapter 5, 6, and 7 are all the Beatitudes. And uh, Jesus sat on the Sea of Galilee. They're up on an incline. Crowds all around him. His disciples there with him. And he's giving the the three chapters, chapter 5, 6, and 7. And we go up there and we'll read those three chapters. And just sit down and read what Jesus read. And that's one of the most powerful experiences. But now he's jumping in here in uh, verse 17, still in, in uh, chapter 5. Think not that I am come to destroy the law and prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. Jesus didn't do away with the law. He had ten commandments that were in the law. They're still every one of them applicable in our lives today. Thou shalt not have any other gods before our God. Don't make graven images before our God. Amen? Amen. Thou shalt not steal. Just because that's Old Testament doesn't mean that's not enforceable in our lives today. Amen? The law dealt severely with thieves dealt severely with certain sins and 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 so he didn't come to do away with the law but he fulfilled the law all of the law is accomplished when you live in Christ and you are guided by the kingdom culture you fulfill everything that was in the old testament you don't have to live by a list of do's and don'ts but when you have a kingdom mindset a kingdom culture you're going to fulfill just like Jesus fulfilled you're going to love your neighbor like yourself, and if you love your neighbor like yourself, you're going to treat your neighbor right. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all are way too quiet. Hallelujah. Who, shall, who verse nineteen? Whosoever therefore shall break one of these of the least of commandments, shall teach men so. He shall be called the least in the kingdom of God. But whosoever shall do and teach them. See, I'm wanting a blessing right here. I'm wanting a blessing. And if I teach you these things, I'm getting blessed right now. The same shall be called great in the kingdom of God. For I say unto you that except your righteousness, Gary Wiggins' righteousness, exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven my goal is to make the kingdom amen this is a spiritual kingdom right now but its laws are in force its laws are intact and if we're going to become a part of the the kingdom when it comes physical and when it becomes manifest on earth friends we got to be living the life right now we got to be obeying the kingdom principles amen these principles are important and he deals with all kinds of things here in these next few verses. He deals with being reconciled to your brother. Woo-hoo. You can't hate your brother. If you've got enmity and strife in your spirit, I'm telling you, that's not coming from the Holy Ghost. That is not Holy Ghost. You're listening to an evil spirit. An evil spirit's got a hold of you. And you need to get that out of your life. Be reconciled one to another. we got to love one another. Treat one another like we want to be treated and like the Word of God says. Come on, church, say amen. amen. Look at verse 28. But I say unto you, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. You better, he goes into the next verse, he says, if your right eye. If you got an eye problem, pluck it out. Hallelujah. Or your spouse needs to. Amen. Keep your eyes where they belong. Amen. I tell the staff pretty regular, don't touch the three G's the gold, the glory, or the girl. Amen. Be careful what your eyes. Look at verse 27. You have heard that it was said of them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But the new culture says don't even look. Keep your eyes to yourself. Amen. Look at Jesus. Look at God i got to hurry. Worship team, come on, but I'm going to finish this. Amen. Hallelujah. Just trying to see where I need to land this plane. Amen. Talks about divorce on the runway for sure. Amen. Not out in the middle of the woods. And I'm not going to come short of the runway. We're going to use every bit of it. We were landing in the Bahamas after a hurricane and there was a plane in the drink in the ocean there and a plane over there. And uh, I mean, it was like hours after the hurricane had stopped and um, the runway, the water was all the way up and there was just the crown of the runway and it, there was only like eight on this plane. I said, pilot, hit the center of that runway because I could see it coming. Don't you veer off. Don't you get off. I said, we're going to use up every bit of this runway, but I won't be in the middle of it because there was water ponded all the way up still from the hurricane. We made it. And uh, when we got stopped, he went, whew. If he did it, I did it. <laughs> Amen. I was glad to be on the ground. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where was I? Amen. Getting a plane on the ground. But love your enemies. Point number three, as the worship team comes, I want you to look at chapter 6, verse 1. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. But when you do your alms, don't sound a trumpet da 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 look what I'm giving, da-da-da-da. Hey, that's between you and God. Amen? But you sure better be giving because God takes note. God is watching every one of us. If I could help you understand that many of people's problems in life are because they don't understand the laws of the Bible concerning they're to the Lord. They're giving to God. A lot of people's problems deal with this area because it's seen from Genesis to Revelation. If you cut every scripture, if you take a pair of scissors and go home this week and you cut out of your Bible every scripture that has to do with giving, with sacrifice, with alms, if you cut out you're going to have a Bible that's got so many holes from Genesis to Revelation. Because God was very intentional because this is what he's testing us with. He is testing us with our ability to read his word and to know that I'm to give back to God who has given me so much. I cannot be this way with God and expect to have a successful life and for life to work out. You can't. In fact, I I don't want to read this, but you read Malachi chapter 3 and read what happens to people that don't tithe. The inverse of that, people who do tithe, God says, I'm going to open the windows of heaven over you. I'm telling you, from Genesis, The first chapters of Genesis, God was critiquing the sacrifices of mankind. Cain killed his brother over the sacrifice, and God said, the blood will always cry out to me from the ground. He said, if you do well, I'll accept your sacrifice. Meaning, Cain was not doing well, and God, God stepped in. God was judging their sacrifices and does throughout the scriptures. But then in the New Testament, Jesus, where is he seated? He's seated at the temple. And he's watching the giving of the people. How can we even fathom or think in a kingdom mindset that God's not watching our lives to see how much we're going to trust him, how much we're going to obey him? Somewhere, mom, dad, young person, that's got to connect in your spirit. That's got to connect. That my worship of God through giving is so important. Not God doesn't need your money, God doesn't need our money. We need to obey God. Kingdom culture says, I'm going to obey God, I'm going to live by all the principles so that I can get all the blessings. Amen. I want everybody to stand. Verse 19 of chapter 6 says, Where your treasures are, there will be your heart also. Your treasure is not your boat in your garage. Your treasure is not the new shiny car. You need to be laying up treasures in heaven. Because I'm telling you friends, one day we're going to leave this earth because we're not citizens here. We're passing through. We're passing through. And you want to be laying up treasures in heaven. And you got to understand this. You got to believe this with all your heart. The word places such strength and foundation. You couldn't even go to the temple In 39 books of your Bible, you couldn't go to the temple unless you brought a sacrifice. God actually said, said, you're going to come before me empty-handed? Woo! I guarantee you he wouldn't have to say that to me. All I needed to do was read that one time in the Bible. You're going to come before me empty-handed? With all I've done in your life, everything I've been to you, There ought to be some people right now raising your hand just thanking God for His goodness and His mercy, His blessings. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Uzzah touched the ark. In the New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira lied about their giving and God struck them dead. That's a serious, it's a serious thing. People don't realize this. A lot of Christians don't realize God is very serious about you and your sacrifice to him. Your worship cannot just be lip service to God. Amen? Your worship to God is very important, and I want you to lift your hands right now and all across this room, and I want us to just give him, come on, some praise and adoration from our lives. Hallelujah. We are not our own. We've been bought with a price. Be thankful for every day that he's given you. Be thankful for every day that God has given you, because everything changes when the kingdom of God comes. When you are truly born again, when you are truly born again, everything changes. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus, I want you to move from where you're standing. Come stand at this altar right now, very quickly. Come on. If you've been struggling spiritually, I want to invite you to come to this altar right now. Come on, if there's some things been going on in your life and you know you need to get it under the blood, I want you to know there's, there's forgiveness. I don't care where you've been, what you've done. There's forgiveness in the blood of Jesus, in the mercy of God. Come on. If there's something in your heart and life that's been separating you, something been keeping you away, maybe you've fallen into sin recently, come get it under the blood because there's forgiveness. Amen. There's not one person under the sound of my voice this morning that has not had the mercy and grace of God in your life. And I'm so grateful and so thankful. Amen. Hallelujah. But listen, I know there's some people up in the balcony right now. You need to come out of that balcony. Amen. The Holy Ghost is drawing you. The Holy Ghost is pricking your spirit. And if you know there's something you need to put under the blood of Jesus before you leave this sanctuary. Before you leave this church, you need to get right with God. You need to make sure everything is right with God. <clears throat> Hallelujah.